are live for the 62nd episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Luz Luigi. And tonight, it's the Big Three. I'm with Andrew and G. How are we doing, guys? What's going on, Hello. man? It's baseball eve, right? I mean, it's sports. This whole week is kind of just the, been the return of team sports and pretty fitting that MLB kicks it off. And what better team to kick it off with than the New York Yankees? I, I'm. I'm so excited. It still hasn't hit me yet. It still doesn't feel real, maybe because I'm not used to having, you know, getting prepared for an opening day late in July. It's never happened. But, man, it's, it feels good. It's I, – I can't believe it's about to happen. Credit to MLB for, you know, doing everything they needed to do to make a season happen, right? Looked pretty dreary about a month ago. Looked, didn't think it was going to happen, but – Hey, here we are, less than just about 24 hours away from first pitch, Yankees Nationals, Cole Scherzer. It's going to be real fun. Um, get, you know, not to not to put uh, put a wet blanket on this, but all the exciting stuff. Can I just point out that MLB literally did like the bare minimum to have a season, and then we could talk about all the fun stuff again. Like, <laughs> I mean, I get, I get feeling like that, G. But at this point, I'm just past past that like the season's about to happen whatever it is 60 games whatever the mlb did however bad rob manfred did at managing this whole thing whatever the it's a 60 game season looks hopefully we, they get it all i think it, I, i'm honestly not even saying hopefully they get it all in at this point because i really am convinced they are going to get it in they've done a good job in the last few weeks and hey that's really all that counts right all that shit in may april may june all those the negotiations the back and forth, the terrible PR for the league. It's behind us now. Now we have some actual baseball games to look forward to, and I'm real excited for it. But it is right now, the Yankees, they just posted a video. It is raining in Washington, D.C. So remember, rain outs are a part of, big part of the uh, season last year, and they probably will be again this year, especially being it's still the summer. But, hey, hopefully they it's not that bad by 7 o'clock. They get it in. Even if they have to delay the game an hour here, who cares? If they get the game in, then I'll be happy. But, guys, how are we feeling going in? We're 24 hours away. How are we feeling? Yeah, it's baseball, man. That's how we're feeling. We're we're excited. There's nothing. This isn't isn't a basketball podcast? Shit, I got to get out of here. I mean, mean, there's a potential threat of weather tomorrow. But, I mean, outside of that, like – we're healthy. We got Cole on the mound. We're we're gonna get to enjoy our favorite team playing meaningful games tomorrow. Like life's good right now. Yeah, it, it really hit me this morning, man. I swear to God, I was just waking up. I was like, wow, the Yankees are on tomorrow. Like the Yankees have a game scheduled tomorrow. I'm like, I'm looking at my ESPN app, and the Yankees are on there. Like there hasn't been shit in my ESPN app for the last three, four months in terms of you know scheduled games, really. So mm-hmm. it felt good to see that. I'm just. I'm really excited, man. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we did get to see some Yankees games this weekend against other teams, right? That that was fun. They had three three summer camp games, two against the Mets and uh, one against the Phillies, and saw some dingers. <laughs> like that's that's kind of the some. big picture. Yeah, just yeah, just a few. The big just picture takeaway. I mean, there's a lot of dingers hit. Um, man, the Mets I think scored what like. How many two three runs in eighteen innings against us? Their offense looks on fire. 
Um, who's who's their uh, what was it their third baseman who's making all the like who's just terrible in the field? That guy's just looking good. Probably gonna make the team for sure. But yeah, I mean, Judge hit what three home runs in his two uh, scrimmage games this weekend? Are we gonna are we counting the third one that happened with three outs? <laughs> <laughs> the one that happened during the commercial break and we got back and we're like, wait, they're like, yeah, while you were gone, um. Yeah, I, 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 I got the MLB at bat notification on my phone. It just said blank scores, uh, scores two to one. It's like, um, what? You no, know, <laughs> like I went to do something because it was a commercial, and then I got back and it was two one. And I'm like, did I miss something? I'm like, I thought the end, there was third out. Like, what did I miss? And then they they explained it. But yeah, the you know Stanton went had an absolute bomb. Gary went upper deck. Who else hit a home run? Well, there was a lot of dingers. Uh, Gary Boyd hit one. Ford to hit one. Yep. Ford hit one to the moon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Stanton's hit that absolute yeah. rocket. I think Stanton. Chase and Shreve, Stanton God was, bless him. Yeah, I was about to say Yankee, former Yankee great Chase and Shreve made an appearance and promptly led up a 450 foot tank to Stanton. Um, yeah, you know, they, the they Mets looked... have several. The Mets have several former Yankees that they brought. A to lot. The show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, one of them just got uh, didn't make the team. Melky, they said, uh, is no longer with the Mets. But Oops. of course, Yankee legend Robinson Cano at second. Good luck with. I mean, God, I love Cano, but yeah, good luck with him. Is, is Nunez still with them in their satellite more. camp, or did he get cut? Not sure. He probably got cut. No, Nunez. Yeah, but guys, how, what were your obviously other than the dingers? Who uh, stood out to you in the scrimmages this weekend? It was really the a tale of the offense, right? I mean. Yeah. Mike King definitely looked pretty good in, in the first game against the Mets. Davey did not look good. Nope, but I think we, we, we knew he wasn't ready um, yeah. to break uh, the Major League Cup right now anyway. Uh, he is on the 40-man roster, um, something Clark Schmidt is not. It's kind of why he isn't going to be promoted right now. Um, I think, actually, who I was most impressed with with uh, Jordan Montgomery. He looked phenomenal. He looked like he yeah, was in Gumby. control. And again, it's the Mets. You know, say what you want. But, I mean, he... He, he was throwing, what, like seven, eight, nine pitches per inning? And, yeah, it's, you know, exhibition games, Mets are being aggressive, whatever. But, I mean, he, he was controlling the strike zone. His off-speed stuff looked really good. And, of course, then he got optioned um, off off the 30-man roster to start the um, mm-hmm. season. But they did say that he's going to come up for the sixth game, which would be right. the home opener, I believe. Uh, that didn't stop the yeah, home opener. fans from thinking that the season was already just burning to the ground. Yeah, well, that's going to happen regardless, you know. Because we're going to do a bullpen game the third day, so yes, the world's yes. over. Mm-hmm. Bullpen days are back. Um, and I, I think Boone said it really was just because of Tanaka, because Tanaka's going to miss his first start, because obviously he's still had, had that scare with the uh, line drive a few weeks ago. Right, but so he's going to pitch that day. It'll just mm-hmm. be in the same game. And then right. he said he's going to come back into the rotation whenever the, the number three cycles through again. Right. Um, which... I don't know how that's going to work. If they're going to go Cole and then throw in Gumby and then probably, I would assume, back to Paxton. So maybe he pitches that first game against the Red Sox. Is, is, that, is that how it would line up? I believe so. Uh, I'm just to change, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. But no team just has the same five guys in the same order the whole year. Mm-hmm. Nope. That's how the baseball rotation works. And no bullpen day is ever allowed. Yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see them just go Cole on a regular four days rest, right? So that would mean he'd pitch 
on thir- Thursday against the Nationals, and then maybe throw them Tuesday against Interesting the Interesting uh, tidbit about that, though, Bills. is I don't know if you've looked at the Yankees' schedule. Um, the way that shakes out um, in the way, you know, the early season schedule goes with a little more games on the road than at home, I don't think Cole pitches – in pinstripes until if that yeah, I was until that. like August 10th or something like that. So yeah, that's wild. We're gonna still gonna go another three weeks before we get to see Cole pitch at Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because his first two starts will most likely be on the road. He might pitch against the Red Sox, but probably not. Uh, we'll, we'll see. It's really just at this point, uh, who the hell knows? But I, I think they were saying this on. I think I was watching the first scrimmage against the Mets on ESPN and they were saying, you know, the Yankees, their first half of the schedule is really tough. The second half of the schedule is easy. You know, they play the Blue Jays a bunch. They end the year with the Marlins, you know, the Red Sox, the Orioles. Like the their last twenty or so games are pretty manageable. But the beginning of that schedule, Nationals, Phillies, Red Sox, and you have three easy games against the Orioles. Rays, Braves, Red Sox again, Rays again, Mets, Braves, Mets again, Rays. That's that's not easy. I mean, I know the Red Sox probably are going to be just an average, maybe even a below-average team, but, I mean, they're still the Red Sox. They're still probably going to be tough games, you know? it's not They're not just going to be absolutely awful, I don't think. I mean, look, um, like they can't pitch for shit, but yeah, no. they have a phenomenal offense. Though, exactly. Without like they that, could, I mean, especially in the regular season, you know, teams with really good offenses in regular season baseball, they're going to beat you every once in a while because they're just going to explode, and they're going to have two guys in their lineup that just have huge games, and a lot of times that's enough. But, yeah, that's for those first 30, I think it's 37 games, it's like it's literally all solid teams and three games against the O's, right? Those, that's, the O's are the only bad team we really play in the first two months of the season. So it's going to be I mean, tough. That and um, their exhibition and all that, but, I mean, the Mets didn't look like they were all that much no, to sniff but at look, very the much Mets, when they played them. The Mets and the Red Sox, I'm not going to call them really good teams, but they're not terrible teams. They're not right. – I don't think they're bad teams. Like those are going to be tough competitive games, and you know. I'm but not the three Mets be... games are are a week apart, so it's Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday, and then the following Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. So in all likelihood, you're going to get Degrom two of those six games. So I mean, exactly. that, that alone changes the entire exactly. series right there. Exactly. And look, anytime and this applies more in college, really, than it does professional sports. But anytime you go against a rival, it's usually going to be a tough game, regardless of what the team's record is, right? Unless they're just the worst team in the league, like the Mets and the Red Sox. Those aren't going to be easy games. So, yeah, the Yankees, they just need – not that they need to tread water or anything the first 30 games, but, man, it's not easy. It's not easy. If they could get through these first 35, 40 games above 500, that's going to be huge because then they, I think they're just going to absolutely cruise and coast through September. I mean, my God, this, they're going to eat the schedule up in September. Yeah, and, and if you look at um, the, the way the, the schedule – um, is, is constructed for, for September and the, the recent news, what's going on with the Blue Jays, we, we can certainly get into it more later. Um, they may have all but like six games in September at Yankee Stadium. I was about to say, at this point, we might be, uh, Yankees might be playing the Blue Jays on just like a, an island like they got for uh, the UFC, just some deserted island because, yeah, <laughs> Blue Jays can't play in Toronto. So they can't play their home games in Toronto. So I said, okay, let's just, Share it, you know, share it, Pittsburgh. That's the PNC. That's what it looked like was going to happen. And then Pennsylvania was like, no, we don't want you either. So 24 hours before the season, the Blue Jays still do not know where they're playing their home games. Yeah, and, and the way it's looking right now, they may just end up having to play 
every game in in their opponent's home ballpark. Um, now without fans, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't make a like huge the travel, difference. Okay, the travel but, sucks, but like yeah, without fans, it's like the actual game. Like you're doing. Like I get it's two, three, what two, three straight months of traveling in, ter- in mm-hmm. general, but. I mean, that's you do that much traveling over the course of a six-month season anyways, right? So, I don't know. It still sucks, though. You, you want to have a home ballpark no matter what, even if it is in Buffalo or Pittsburgh or wherever. That's just yeah. a shitty situation for them. I think just what's going to suck is having to go up and down the coast a bunch. Like, they'd have to play in, in the trop three times and then probably at least once in Miami um, and then come all the way up to play Boston, go down to play Atlanta, back and forth. Now, now the Yankees... And Mets games are all clustered together, so I think they could, in theory, play ten straight games in New York, and so just like get a hotel room and just don't go anywhere for a week and a half. Like that would be nice for them, but the rest of the season it would just be constant travel and be brutal. Yeah, yeah, so it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, so yeah, the Blue Jays twenty-four hours of the season do not know where they're playing their home games, but this was just in. I kind of just wanted to talk about this. John Heyman just reported that uh, the MLB is looking to go from 10 to 16 playoff teams, and they'd have to have this finalized by first pitch tomorrow, right? So this isn't just something like, oh, we'll talk about it over the next few days. Oh, no, this has to be determined within the within the day. And they're saying it's optimistic, but I don't know. I mean, 16 playoff teams at, at a certain point. Like, I get the NBA has 16 playoff teams, but I don't know, man. That That's just way too many for me. You're going to have a lot of bad teams in the playoffs. It's just t- 10 is fine. Uh, I don't get... If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't get why MLB just tries to do these things. It just doesn't make sense to me. It seems like a pretty dramatic jump for, like, not the first playoff expansion, but, like, you're to expand it from 10 to 16. I just don't know why they feel they need to make that large of a jump unless they're trying to just do exactly what the NBA and, who, like, the NHL, whoever else did, and be like, hey, you know what? Well, half the league makes the playoffs, and now we can just cashing on playoff revenue on network television for the next three months because that's what NBA playoffs legitimately last like two straight months. So I don't know. I mean, like we were talking about a little bit on the pre-show in terms of like how it would work with wild cards and stuff like that. But I don't, I don't know. I don't like it. I think that's way too many. Like you said, Luigi. Yeah. uh, Let's see. Like even in the NBA with the 16 teams, like I've said this before, a five through eight seed hasn't made the finals in the NBA in like the last 20 years. You know, it's almost like there's like, they basically have almost no chance to make the finals. Like what's even the point of having them in the, like, that's basically, I mean, for the NBA in terms of the NBA, which, you know, it's not the same sport and whatever, but like the eight seed never, ever, ever beats the one seed. Like never. Well, it's it happened just that like, one time with the Warriors, but that was literally 13 years ago. Yeah, so, yeah like, very, it very doesn't rare. ever happen. If you, we point to one example, like, if you're trying to replicate those things, I don't think those are the things you really should be trying to replicate because in the NBA and a lot of times NHL, too, it's just like, hey, well, you're going to play four games or five games and you're going to win and move on and you probably didn't need to play them, so... And what Andrew you were saying too about like you have the number one seed with X amount of wins play like a low seed with X amount of wins and then you know get lucky for a few games. Yeah, you know. I mean, if you think about it, um, I think all the top teams are are the teams that have the the best starting pitching. But I mean, I'm sure there's there's examples that that's not coming to mind immediately. 
um, of like fringe teams that if they get in at, I don't know, 27 and 33, 28 and 32, something like that, and you throw together a, a couple top end starters and you, you can dethrone a team that won 45 games. Um, I mean, that's a possible, I don't love that because in, in all, in all likelihood the, the first round is going to be same as the ALDS It's probably going to be a best of five. It may even be a best of three. Right. And could you imagine if, a team that really had no business being in the playoffs finished the season below 500, just had a guy go out and throw seven shot innings. And I mean, yes, you could say, Oh, the, the, the top team should, should have been able to hit. Right. But it's one game. That's, we, we know even the best of teams go on cold streaks um, in major league baseball. And, and I don't think that should you know define your season. I mean, outside of, you know, like the Mets are probably a fringe team. Some people think that they may be a little better. I think they're probably going to be around 500. I mean, you get a guy like, like DeGrom in a playoff start, like that's, that's horrific. Um, but I mean, what are some of the other teams that we see ending around 500 that could put together like really good starting pitch? I mean, I mean, who, who am I missing? Speaking of the Mets, Marcus Stroman just announced out for yeah. the year. <laughs> Great time. Can't make, this, can't make this up. I mean, <laughs> did they say out for the season or he just has a serious enough injury that it would be muscle tear in his left calf? All right. Yeah, yeah, I can't so imagine he's going to be. I'm just saying out for the season. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. That, I mean, I mean, it really sucks. Look, it's the, I'm saying out, but I see injury with the Mets. It's out for the season, especially now. Like, that's just why I'm saying it. Like, hopefully, hopefully it makes a recovery because I like Stroman. He's a good dude, but God, the, the Mets just can't, they, they just can't fucking catch a break. <laughs> no. Like, it's kind of funny because, you know, the, obviously we had a terrible, terrible luck with injuries last year. But I've seen Mets fans say, like, oh, yeah, Yankees fans complaining about, like, that one bad year of injuries. Like, this is us every year. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know, it is true. Um, I'm looking at the standings from last year just as, like, to see if you were going to put, I mean, I don't know. What, what do they say? Six extra teams? That's, that's like, only really one extra team from each division. So I guess that makes a little more sense when I'm looking at it like that. Like there's a few teams that I could be like, Hey, you know what? They were in a close division race and that maybe would be exciting. But like, that still just seems like a lot more teams. Like, you know, the Red Sox would have made it, the, the Indians, um, you know, I think, I don't know. I think I like it more based off the last season of the American league standings than I do for the national league, but that's just one year. I don't know. I just don't like it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there you go. You mentioned it. the Indians have have a bunch of really good starters. Um, like, let's say the Reds. I mean, they're probably going to be a wild card team anyway. But like, let's say they they struggle early in the year and they have to get in as like the seventh seed, right, or or the sixth seed in in the National League. I mean, they have pitching for days. I mean, they could easily take out a top team, uh, and they'd certainly have enough offense um, to to back it up. So, I mean, there's definitely teams that are. Pretty, I mean, even someone like like Texas, right? I mean, in, in, in the AL, I mean, I don't really know if they're going to be able to keep up their their offense like they, they've had recently. I mean, they haven't been able to pitch great, and they have minor. Um, Lance Lynn had a comeback year last year. I don't know. But, I mean, you know, you could see those guys going out and throwing big games in the playoffs, right? I mean, yeah, they get like in at a 48% winning percentage or something. There's teams, I mean, you could, there's, you know, it's going to be a give and take in each particular division, but it's like, if you were going to put one extra team from each division, the Texas finished 18 games behind the A's for second place. Let's reward them with a playoff spot. If I could put it like that, the Diamondbacks would make the playoffs and they finished 21 games behind the Dodgers for second place and for first place in their division. Like, I don't know. I just don't. Well, think you wouldn't just take the, the second thing team in people... every division. You would just, well, take, no, you would but be... that was just the cheap exercise that I was using yeah. to outline. I think 
You know like, what? You're right. The Diamondbacks were the were the fourth team in the wild card standing. So, sorry, yeah, carry on. I just don't like, <laughs> no, I just don't like it. It's like to to use the NBA thing example. It's the NBA and Eastern Conference specifically, if anyone cares. But out of 82 games, teams with like 35 wins making the playoffs as an eight seed. I just don't like that idea in baseball context. Right, because because basketball is different. I mean, it's you, you're playing end to end. I mean, there, there's nonstop action. Um, and if you know they, <laughs> if a team goes out and has a guy get really hot, or they play a bunch of, like like they really good organized defense for sixty minutes a couple nights in a row, like that's a team effort, right? But in baseball, a pitcher can can completely change the <laughs> the balance mm-hmm. of a series yeah. by himself, right? So one or even if, if we don't even it doesn't have to be pitching. It could be a team like Toronto, right? Who who has a phenomenal bevy of, of young hitters, right? If they can't pitch for shit, but like, let's say they get by with decent pitching for a let's couple of games. Let's just say three of their young bats break out this year and it's just like, oh shit, wow, all these no, guys. Or are... even just in a series. Like, let's say they yeah. sneak in as that eight seed, right? But like, they all get red hot in that first first round of the playoffs. Like, if you put up 10 runs, you're probably going to win those games. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned the Reds. A lot of people are, are high on the Reds right now. The NL Sun, we're going to go into uh, some odds and some nice uh, prop bets later but man the red a lot of people i think the reds on most gambling sites right now are the favorite to win the nl central a lot of people really like the reds you know that obviously former yankee legend sonny gray is the ace and then obviously they have uh, bauer and castillo and that rotation vado mustakis they have a good team man suarez at third young phenom for my fantasy team (laughs) what was it 20 home runs in like 40 games or something like that and he hit the ball like (laughs) To the moon every time. Yeah, yeah. Shots, dingers. Um, all right, guys, let's uh talk about. So this season, just real quick rundown because the season does start tomorrow. In case you didn't know, um, so <laughs> the sixty game season, forty division games, and then twenty interleague with other divisions. So if you're in the AL East, the other twenty games against the NL East, and continuing. Speaking on that, real quick, who do we think has which division has the biggest advantage when it comes to that? The East, the Central, or the West being like, like interleague. I don't like. I'll just say right now, I don't think it's the East, be, just because I think both East divisions are really good. Like the Mets, Braves, Yankees, Rays. Like there's a lot of good teams in both East yeah, divisions. I agree. So I don't think it's an advantage for the East. But people were talking about West, how you know there's there's a lot of there's more travel, so it's an advantage. But I don't know, man. The West. I think overall, I think the NL West has has the best advantage. Like yes, you have to play yeah. the Astros. Um, the the Athletics do this thing, you know, where they're good for a couple of years and then they're bottom feeders for a few years. I'm not going to say that they're going to be bad this year because I think they're favored to finish second in the division. So I mean, they're still a very good team. But uh, I think a team like the Dodgers, you know, you already know you have a stranglehold on your division, all of your teams. Uh, and then you're going to play the Astros a few times, but I mean, you don't really know what you're going to get in those games. But then you get to feast on teams like Seattle and Texas. And I mean, the Angels got better, but I mean, what, what I will say that the East, does, the-, the East does kind of have three bad teams in the Marlins or O's and uh, Jays, unless the Jays take a step up, which they probably won't. Andrew, so, in that so context that. of your example, I never have faith in the Angels to win more than like 80 games in any year. So, right, <laughs> right. Now, the Angels are going 30 and 30 this year. Right. But, but Luigi, to your, point, to your point about, about the East, I mean, yes, you have bottom feeders that you can feast on the Marlins, 
the Orioles, potentially the Blue Jays and the Mets, maybe. Uh, I think they're going to be a little better mm-hmm. than and we're thinking. But, I mean, you also have to face teams like the Red Sox, which they may not have yeah. pitching, but they can mash. You're going to play the Rays. You're going to play the Yankees and the Nationals and the Braves. Like, they're all really, really good yeah. teams. And even the Phillies are going to probably be yeah. pretty decent. I mean, so it balances out. I, I think you take more mediocrity rather than, you know, top and bottom heavy divisions. Yeah, I think I'd say the West has it easiest just because if I had to rank each division, I'd probably rank West last, you know, just by like the teams. I think right. and, um, and that's taking nothing away from the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. I mean, the Dodgers for I mean, the Dodgers are going to be really damn good, obviously. Like if the Diamondbacks can win more than 85 games like they did last year, you know, the equivalent of 85 games like then who knows, in a in a horse race type of scenario, a really short season, then you know, it could be crazy. I think, you know, MLB might want even to push through that expanded playoffs now just because it, they could cash in on the whole, like, you know, having a million teams within a, a playoff spot with one week to go in the season would be pretty exciting. But I think in terms of this regional thing, like, even last season, basically every division had, like, two good teams and everyone else was mediocre. I don't know. I think just looking like the, the central you know, the Twins were really good, the the Indians were pretty good, and then, like, everyone else was mediocre, and then it was, like, the same sort of scenario with the NL Central. So I think those teams, or those divisions going at each other, um, you know, there's a lot of potential there for any of those teams to really capitalize. Yeah, but I, I know you say me, you say a lot of those teams are, are, are mediocre. I think they're above average, and, and there may not be a clear-cut favorite in the AL East or the, or excuse me, in the AL Central or the NL Central. Those are all really good teams, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the I fact that, that or they they all have to face each other over and over again may mean that the division the division winners from the AL and the NL in the Centrals may end up with like 35 wins, and that's not going to be indicative mm-hmm. that they're a bad team. It just means that it's it's, it's a you know battle of attrition here, right? So. Yeah. You look uh, at specifically that, the NL Central, I think, if you look at the odds, has has the tightest race, right? With the mm-hmm. Cardinals, Brewers, Cubs, and Reds all on top of each other, right? Like the Pirates are going to be garbage. That's fine. But those four teams, I mean, you have to face all of those guys 10 mm-hmm. times each, right? Or half your schedule. One, yeah, right. Half their schedule is the other three teams mm-hmm. uh, that are good. Yeah. I mean, that, that's going to weigh down your win total just based yeah. on you're constantly facing above average teams. Yeah, I was listening to uh... – John Boy earlier, and that's what he was saying. This is obviously before the whole 10 to 16 playoff proposal. But let's just assume there's 10 playoff teams. He said, yeah, I don't think there's going to be a wildcard team from the NL Central because they're just going to beat up on each other. All four, The top four teams are so even that they're probably just going to all have 30, 35 wins, give or take, and whoever wins the division will go to the playoffs. And then, Yeah, and uh, you know sports writers, articles read, whatever, maybe, you know, coverage on on tv is going to be they'll make it up to be like oh what a big upset that the 34 win minnesota twins upset you know the use and it's like it's like they're 34 wins because yeah. they play good teams every exactly. single night people are, are, are going to fall into the trap of looking at their win total and, and valuing them and how good they are based on exactly. that especially in a short season where you know you could start off three and seven and then you're in a huge hole and you could get red hot and your record could still be average but you know yeah um more than any other year, records are going to be a bit deceiving this year. But let's uh, before we we're gonna you know we're gonna obviously cover the whole league. But let's get back to the Yankees for a second here, uh, guys. Give me a just you can give me one guy, give me a group of guys, whatever. Give me one guy or one storyline you're looking forward to to start the season. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll other than Garrett Cole because that's I mean like I was just just put that disclaimer out there right now because we're obviously gonna say Garrett Cole. We're all excited about Garrett Cole. You just saw he had an interview where he's 
he's literally like a little kid before Christmas. Like he's so excited, yeah. you could tell. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight. Like I'm, I'm so nervous. Getting the jitters. Yeah. Like literally a kid who's just, you know, thinking Santa's gonna come overnight. So it's, that's just awesome to see. But honestly, coming into this year, the guy I'm most intrigued by and most looking forward to seeing is Stanton. Because remember going into last year, that was my breakout pick. Like I was, mm-hmm. I thought Stanton was gonna have like a hundred home runs last year, and obviously we all yeah, know what happened. Like that on one of yeah. these episodes preseason, like he's gonna have an absolutely monster season. Well, yeah, I mean, no one had a monster season. I mean, almost right because everyone was just on the IL for so long, so it was kind of tough to have a monster season like that. But yeah, I'm really intrigued by Stanton this year. I, I really think that he's gonna have a big year. Obviously, really? another guy is on my radar is Andujar, being that he obviously he's not gonna start, but I mean, he's an outfielder now, right? And He's still got a great bat. Interested to see how much playing time he gets. Clint, another guy. A utility player. Yeah. yeah. I, I he said he feels more comfortable in the outfield at this point, so I think it's safe to call him an outfielder. But Andrew G., what, what are you guys looking forward to this season, going into the season, I should say? If I was going to say anything, I mean, I'm not going to say health because that's what we have to focus on for everyone. I think based on the few exhibition games and everything that we saw, uh, Aaron Judge, because he seems like he's really ready to go. That's pretty but good. I think um, if I was going to say anything, I really just want to see Gleyber Torres because, um, you know, he'll be playing shortstop and, you know, he had a massive power surge last year, hit 40 home runs or however the exact number he hit. I think some change remains to be seen where he'll be batting in the lineup, but being a full-time you know, position change, full-time shortstop, you know, everyone's going to be saying, like, is he going to replicate it? He's not going to be able to face the Orioles for 20 games, so how many home runs is he going to hit? Like, I'll just, you know, in his, um, you know, yeah, just Glaber Torres to see what happens, you know, the next step he can take as the, uh, you know, the budding superstar, the young kid. Yeah, not no 20 games against the Orioles, only 10, so bit of a bit of a blow. I'm actually going to go, uh, G went two hitters. I'm going to go two pitchers, uh, just switch things up a little bit. Um, I'm excited to see what we get from, from Hap this year. Uh, I know he's playing for, for a contract next year. He's got that vesting option. However, they reconstructured that. He looked very, very good in, in March before the shutdown. It looked like he was going to be one of our better starters looking um, to bounce back from a tough 2019. Um, I, and if he could be you know, rock solid as the four or five starter in our rotation. I mean, like you have no worries, right? I mean, he, he's been durable. Hasn't really missed many starts at, at all. Probably the last time he lost any significant time was when he got, you know, hit in the head with a line drive a couple years ago in Toronto, but he's going to give you good innings. And I feel like he's, he's got something to prove after giving up so many home runs last year. Um, the other guy I'm really looking at is another bounce back candidate, Adam Montevino, who looked phenomenal in the first few months of last year. And then as he kind of got, overused and worn out the production really dropped off and we all know the story of how he looked uh, against the twins and the astros in the playoffs Um, but i think he could be a a real force especially in a shortened season whether it's going to be a two-inning guy or a kind of hey bring him in to face a couple batters to finish the inning i know the three-man rule does apply except if you finish the inning so i mean Mm -hmm. boone Boone can kind of get a little um risque with that right if you, if you want to bring him in to get one guy but if he doesn't get him then you're comfortable with him facing the second guy and then maybe gets that in kind of thing um i, I he kind of fall, fell back on using him as a like a righty specialist in, in the postseason which he wasn't at all during the regular season so i'd like to see him get back to just hey go out there and 
embarrass some hitters with your wipeout slider. Um, so again, Ottavino and and Hap are two guys I'm looking forward to making a, a real impact in 2020. Yeah, man, Hap. Whew, forgot how many home runs he gave up last year. That was a lot. <laughs> what was it, like 35 or something? Had it was definitely more than 30. Whew. While we're talking about pitchers, since you know Ottavino's usage or over usage was obviously terrible, since he couldn't get not even a single batter out last postseason, but like. The bullpen game, they're using it. And, you know, we had talked, Andrew at Interactive, some people on Twitter, like people who are like super mad about the fact that we have to do a bullpen game the first week of the season, which was, I think, chiefly because of Tanaka's injury. Foresee it having to be used maybe quite as often as last season, right? Like they did it basically like once every time through the rotation last year. It seemed like they have a lot more options available, you know, provided the health that they wouldn't need to do it quite as often. They could deploy it maybe more strategically as opposed to out of necessity. Agreed. Yeah, I think I think most of most of our fan base, certainly most of our followers, are, are smart enough to realize that um, it's not a, a panic, oh, shit, we don't have starter. Let's just, uh, well, I guess we'll just go with a bullpen day uh, kind of thing, right? I mean, it's, it's a strategy. The, the whole point of at least the opener, not necessarily a, a true bullpen day, I mean, because the middle innings are are eaten by, you know, a starter or a converted reliever who was a starter kind of thing, right? It's not like you're having, you know, eight relievers cover nine innings kind of thing. Um, The whole point of of the opener strategy is that you have a guy come in, throw one or two innings, and then when the lineup flips over the second time, they're facing a different guy. So anything they learned in their first at bat, they can't apply towards the second at bat. When you, if you can't have Tanaka go out and throw five innings, right? Because he's recovering from his concussion, he's got to get, you know, his arm strength built up because he hasn't thrown in, in, in a week or two. Um, you have guys like Green and Michael King who just made the roster and Jonathan Loisaga. I mean, I have absolutely, you know, total, total confidence in those guys. It's not like Boone has to panic and just, you know, throw something at the wall and hope it sticks. Like he knows exactly what he's doing. It's a planned strategy. Yep, absolutely. A lot of good young arms on this team. Uh, really like they announced uh, King is going to be on the 30-man roster to start the season, so that's good. I think but, the uh, the fact that it's thirty men, a team like the Yankees who have like stupid depth in general is like even more to their benefit, just because you could be like, oh, Michael King, he was great. Otherwise, maybe not taken because of you know cr- roster crunch or service time or whatever. And now you could be like, hey, Michael King, we could keep you and still keep a third catcher and keep another arm. And like I don't know, I feel like the Yankees benefit even more. You just look at this team, and it's just incredible. Like. Luke Voigt, a guy like Luke, is going to be batting eighth. You know, Glaber last year at one point was batting ninth. It's just this team's depth, their lineup is insane. I mean, we're going to have the, the four-man benched, most likely, for, throughout the season is going to be Andujar, Talkman, and then, obviously, your backup catchers, who, whether it's going to be a Higgy or a Ina, whoever, and Frazier. I mean... Those guys could start on a lot of MLB teams. Yeah, it's <laughs> total absolutely... disrespect to Mike Ford. Just completely ignored and, him. <laughs> and and Mike Ford. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to. Um, I have some background noise going on in the house right now, so I'm trying to focus on through things. And I knew I forgot someone. I thought I said Clint twice, to be honest. But yeah, yeah, Mike Ford is a guy who. I mean, some people think Mike Ford should start over Roy. I'm not one of those people, but. Yeah, a lot of people, we got a lot of Mike Ford stands on Yankees Twitter. You know, Mike Ford is, guy, I mean, guy drops bombs. Um, guys, let's talk about 
the Yankees, they set the Yankees over under regular season win total at 37 and a half. We going over or under for that? I'm going to say over, but I don't think they're going to blow past it, right? I mean, we, we've talked about that even though it's it's a sprint, it's still, you know, a battle of attrition. You're not going to get a bunch of, you know, outer division games against a bunch of bottom feeders, right? I mean, they're going to be facing teams like the Nationals and the Braves and the Red Sox and the Rays. I mean, those four teams alone are, are almost, uh, maybe not the Red Sox, but the other three will, will surely make the playoffs um, in 2020. And that's going to make up, what, 26, 27 of, of their games between uh, those three teams. Um, it's going to be tough to get to 42, 45 wins. Um, but I mean, I don't think 38, 39 is, is, you know, an unreasonable total. It's tough, man, because I think I'm going to go slightly under just because of that the tough teams we have to play, right? Like the tough slate. I get we end the season, you know, pretty easily, like I said, but I think I say we win. I'd, if I had to make an exact number, I'd go like 36. I'd say like 36 and 24. We probably win the division by a few games over the Rays, but yeah, it's, it's tough. I could definitely, it's, it's like, look, I've said this before. Vegas is so good at setting these. Like they're probably going to be within two wins of this number, but yeah, I'll go just under. I mean, obviously I hope I'm wrong. Not that it really, not that it really matters, especially if, look, if there's 16 playoff teams, just the motto should be go 500 and you're going to get in the playoffs. There's nothing to even worry about. Um, let's see. What, some other, some other good. Over uh, on that one. I think they're going over 37. All right, so two of them, the only ones going under. Wow, I guess I hate the Yankees. So I guess just how it is. Um, guys, you want? Yeah, I'm a fake fan. Um, guys, we want to pick our uh, division winners? Yeah, oh, do I you guess, want to split up ALNL? Do you want to? Oh yeah, start AL. Put on so I think we're all picking the Yanks for the AL East, right? I, I think. I mean, is anyone picking the Rays here? The Rays are going to be good. I, I think the Yankees win the division, though. <laughs> Right now, they have the Rays plus 280 to win the division. That's not terrible odds for them, especially in a short season. I could see them sneaking by us in the division, but I'm probably not going to touch that because I, I do think the Yankees are going to win the division most likely. What really helps, and, and again, I know it's going to be usually with, with, without fans the entire season. I don't know if at some point some, some mm-hmm. takeovers will change their mind, but right. it helps that we have – seven of the 10 games against the Rays or six of the 10, however it was, um, at Yankee Stadium. Um, again, fans won't make a big deal, but I, I still think the Rays have historically had a lot of trouble playing in the Bronx. Um, if it's because of the fans, then they'll have an easier time. But I think, I don't know, just the travel. Um, and same thing with the Red Sox, right? We play two-thirds of our games against them at, at home. Well, the poor Marlins and Rays during this whole thing, every time – a player's asked, How, you know, how's it going to be playing? Playing in front of no fans. Who Any former Marlins Rays player is like, well, I played for the Marlins. I played for the Rays. Like, I'm used to it, playing with no fans. Like, ah, oh, man, you don't, have to, you don't have to say it. Yeah, like, You're right, but it's rough stuff. Um, AL Central. Uh, twins are the heavy favorite, minus 150. Indi- they have the Indians at 3-1 to one odds. Same with the White Sox, also 3-1 to one odds. And then the Royals and Tigers are major long shots. So, guys, are we all picking the Twins or anyone – Feeling bold I mean, going into White Sox. for American League, all three of mine were the same as the season prior, I think. You know, even with the shorter season. And in the terms of the Central specifically, I think, you know, the Indians and the White Sox with all the young, you know, Luis Robert and, you know, Eloy Jimenez and whoever, like, could be more competitive. But 
Yankees, Twins, and Astros for American League for me. I uh, think the National League will be more interesting. I'm actually going to take the Indians in the in the Central, and um, I still think the Twins probably get in as a, as a wild card team. Certainly, if they're going to expand it to eight teams in the American League, like they'll have no problem getting in. Oh, yeah, everyone's getting in. If they expanded, everyone's getting in. Everyone, every I think I think they would get in if there was two wild card teams, right? But I, I think that the, the Indians, especially in a short season, can do a lot of damage with their, their pitching. Um, obviously, you have uh, Mike Clevenger. Yeah, I is, love their top Anchoring three. them. You have Shane Beaver. Beaver. And then even Aaron Savali is really good, too. So I, I think they have a, a good rotation that, that can – you look at, at what Minnesota did. They added Josh Donaldson. They had – you know they, they set the major league record for home runs in a season last year, beat the Yanks by one in that. Uh, and so they definitely aren't going to be short of offense, but you know, the only way to keep home running hitting teams in the park is with dominant pitching. And I think the Indians can provide that. Um, Jose Ramirez had a down year to start last year. I think he finished well, but he was very bad in, in April and May and he'll bounce back. Uh, Francisco Lindor is probably a, I think consensus top 10 player in baseball. Um, the Indians are a very good team and I, I, I think actually have them winning that division. You heard it here first. Three to one odds on the Indians to win the AL Central. Andrew thinks it's going to happen. I don't know. I think that is pretty good odds because I don't think the, I think the Twins are good, but I don't think they're that good to be that big of a favorite over the Indians to win the Central. So yeah. And who I do think... they add? And from a pitching standpoint, just um. Who the uh the the, the twins? twins? Yeah. Um. Oh my God, who I'm I'm blanking right now. I don't think. They really added anyone for pitching. They added um. That's the guy who was on the. They Dodgers. added Donaldson at third, obviously. But... Yeah. Rich Hill. Rich yeah, Hill. but he's gonna be out right until like oh, August. Oh, uh, Kenta Maeda. They have too. They added Kenta Maeda. That's, that's yeah. Okay, that's who it is. Okay. And you know, obviously they have mean... Barrios, who's awesome. I love Barrios, but mm-hmm. guys, they have Tyler Clippard. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Andrew, that <laughs> <pick>. too... <laughs> uh, I do. I do kind of like their bullpen though. Um, to be honest, Trevor May's got a good arm, but yeah, I'll probably pick the twins. Honestly, I think we'll be close. I think if I were to put, you know, put a few units on it, I'd definitely, uh, you know, definitely put some units on the Indians three to one odds. That's good odds. I'm definitely not putting anything on the twins at minus one fifty. That's just not happening, but yeah, it's AL West. So Astros are the favorite at minus one sixty, but they have the A's at two and a half to one odds. And then the angels at six and a half to one odds. So guys, AL West. I mean, G already said the Astros. I, I'm mm-hmm. just gonna. I, I, they're the clear better team in 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 that division. I don't really think um, there's much discussion. I mean, I, I certainly could another team get hot. I think the A's are just so hard to predict. Like, I never know what the A's mm-hmm. are gonna do. Like, are they just gonna? Are they gonna? They gonna be more games, or are they just gonna be average as hell? You know, like you never know. It's gonna be more interesting because it's a shorter season. But I still think the Astros are probably gonna win fairly easily yeah and they don't have to deal with booing in their in their ballpark i know mlb <laughs> at least the uh what you can like cheer on your team or boo from from their app now so technically if they're on the road you can get like virtual boos like all, you know fake from the um the pa system I mean, they don't have that. to they don't have, yeah they don't have to deal with that yeah. hate and vitriol in every road ballpark all season yeah it, it's a good, it's a fair point man they they really picked the perfect season to cheat you know or season before <laughs> to get caught Right. Oh man. Oh, moving in the NL. Um. Or let's actually let's wrap up the AL with uh, the odds to win the AL. Uh, obviously, Yankees big favorite. Uh, plus one seventy five. Astros next at four and a half to one. Twins at seven to one odds. Rays eight to one odds. 
A's 11-1, Indians 14-1, Angels 14-1, White Sox 11-1. Um, obviously, I think we all think that Yankees are going to win the AL, but who do you guys think is like a dark horse in the AL? To... I mean, I, four and a half, one odds on the Astros. Um, I mean, they've, they've done it. They, they're, they have yeah. a pedigree for it. I mean, yes, they lost Cole, but Verlander was supposed to miss time earlier in the year. He's now recovered because we started so late. They went out and got Granky as insurance. And you know who's looked phenomenal? Forget a guy named Lance McCullers um, yep. exists. I mean, he missed all of last year because he was recovering from Tommy John surgery. and He's looked disgusting already for them. So I don't think they're going to be short of pitching or hitting. I, I really like the Astros. If I'm betting, I think the Yankees are, are going to ultimately win the pennant. But if I'm putting some money down, um, the Astros are, are a good bet at four, four and a half to one. Mm-hmm. And let's be real. Josh James will probably come out and have like a 1.3 ERA. And Jose or Keedy is up and coming. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Josh James is like actually the third best pitcher in baseball. Wow. <laughs> like, look at that. Oh, how did that happen? Um, or the twins at seven to one as well are, are good. Yeah. Um, They're a good bet. Man, I, I just like the Rays just, I don't know, man. Like the Rays are just one of those teams that I could see winning the AL. Like, honestly, they're just so pesky, and they just – they do – like, you know, if their pitching's on point, like it's been the last couple of years, that's a that's a team made for the playoffs, man. Um, I don't want to see the Rays in the postseason, to be honest. R- regular season Rays, no problem. But postseason Rays, I want to see them. So, yeah, I'd, obviously, I'd, you know, I think the Yankees are going to win the AL. But, yeah, I think Houston at 4.5-1 to one and Tampa at 8-1 to one are probably the best, best value. NL. NL East, uh, NL East is kind of pretty, it's pretty tightly contested. Braves plus one seventy five, Nationals two and a half to one, Mets plus three twenty five, Phillies plus three seventy five, and then the Marlins are a hundred to one odds. So, I'm picking the Marlins. I don't know about you guys. That's great value. The Marlins are definitely gonna be like the best team. I'm uh, <laughs> just kidding. I'm probably picking the Nationals, man. Like I, I love the Braves. Don't get me wrong, but man, I think in a shortened season. I really think the Nationals are just going to edge out. I think they're going to win by literally a game, like one game. Maybe it might even be tight. I mean, it might even this be tight. I literally tie. like flip the coin for myself. Like it's tough. The Brave, like don't get me wrong. I love like I love the Braves, but they still are pretty young, and I don't love their pitching. So, and you know, obviously they're in the East, and they like all these teams have to play basically the same teams, obviously, but. I just I trust a team like the Nationals more against the better teams than I do the Braves, being that they're so young. So I, I'll pick the Nationals. Two and a half to one odds is pretty good value as well. For me, it's the Braves. Um, I, I don't think the Nationals can survive losing their best player, at least position player, two years in a row, right? I mean, and, Harper, Harper and, left, and, and, yeah, and they went ahead and... is not playing this year, right? Right, he's right. I mean, the best player, but he's definitely a piece. No, but I mean... Steven Strasburg won World Series MVP. I think you could have made a, a very hard case for Anthony Rendon, and now he's mm-hmm. with the Angels. Uh, that's a huge bat to lose in the middle of their lineup. Yes, they still have Juan Soto. They have guys, complimentary pieces like Victor Robles and Adam Eaton um, and Howie Kendrick, right? I think is still there. I mean, losing a guy like Rendon in the middle of your lineup, I mean, and what he provides defensively, too. He's a gold glove winning third baseman. Not that I think the Nationals are going to be bad, but I, I just his departure alone, I think, gives the advantage to the Braves. Yeah, I can see it. Rendon is a huge loss for the Nationals, but I still think they'll find a way to win the division. Um, the Central, this is, Andrew, you said it earlier, this is the real interesting one. I mean, these the top four teams in the Central are also bunched together. Right now, as of now, obviously, these this could change. 
The Reds are the favorite at plus 240. Cardinals, plus 250. Cubs, plus 275. And then Brewers, plus 325. And then the Pirates are plus 5,000. So, again, I'm picking the Pirates now. Um, this is I'm pick I'm picking the Reds, man. I said it earlier. I really like this Reds team. I really I think they're gonna have a really good year. I think they're gonna be a threat in the postseason. I'm picking the Reds to win the Central. Yeah, me too. They have a lot of really good stuff going on. A lot of prospects. You know, we have mentioned Aquino already, but like if Sonny Gray with Bauer and Castillo, if Sonny Gray does his thing again, then the Rays are gonna be or the Reds are gonna be really really not a fun team to play. That top, like, Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, and then um, Trevor Bauer as your top three. And now obviously they have Wade Miley, who, you know, it's Wade Miley. But that top three is... practice. <laughs> that top three of the rotation, man, is good. You know, who knows what you're going to get out of Bauer if he has a good year. But, yeah, man, you know, Mustak is playing second. It's a good team. And obviously, I don't, I'm not sure if I mentioned it, but, you know, there's going to be a DH in both leagues this year. So, yeah, that lineup's, lineup's going to be pretty good. Picking the Reds. And the NL West, um, guys, this uh, this is a really tough one. Who, who are we picking in the NL West? With the Dodgers being minus four fifty, and then the Diamondbacks are the next close, or the Diamondbacks and Padres both at you seven. Mean, will the Dodgers win the division by over under ten and a half games? <laughs> I mean, probably you know with the short season, probably not. But I can see them winning by like six or seven games, give or take. I mean, minus four fifty is such a wild favorite line. I mean, yeah. of course they're a critical favorite, but you never see that. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, the, even the Yankees were only minus two sixty five. Obviously, a tougher division, but yeah, I, I mean, don't think, the, I think this one. The, don't overthink this one. I wouldn't put any any units on the Diamondbacks, the Padres, the, the Rockies, and Giants. Thirty five. Forty and division games. I think the Dodgers are probably going to win that by a compared to everyone else. Like just like last year, a pretty lopsided yeah. number. Yeah, like you look at every every division. Even the AL East could be interesting. You know, with the Rays, but. Yeah, the, like the NL West, you just look at it and you say, yeah, all right, Dodgers. And then even, you know, the NL the odds win the NL pennant. Uh, Dodgers are plus 160, and then the next closest team is the Braves, who are 6.5 to 1. So it's it's tough to find a whole – I mean, the Nationals, obviously defending champs, they're 9 to 1 to make it back to the World Series. Same odds as the Mets. Like, the, how are the Mets also 9 to 1 to make the World Series? That's wild about that. Yeah, the Reds are also and not obviously more. that's going to change with the uh, yeah it fluctuates, but yeah, yeah the NL is a bit more clear. Like I, like I, if you wanted to put a few units on the Nationals at nine to one odds to win the NL, go for it, right? I but, mean, the Braves at six and a half to one is yeah. I think they're a better team than Nationals. So um, now the Dodgers obviously are still the clear favorite, but in in the event that something weird happens, like remember the Dodgers didn't even get out of the the NLDS last year. No, they didn't. Um, so, I mean, anything could happen. Granted, it was a Herculean effort by guys like Rendon and Soto and Kendrick um, and Strasburg. But, um, you know, anything can happen, as we've seen. How many times um, in, in the early 2000s did the Yankees win the division by 10 games and lose in the ALDS to teams like the mm-hmm. Tigers and the Indians? Right? I mean, like, it, it happens. Um, it sucks. But, it, again, if I'm putting some coin down, um, six and a half to one odds on, on the Braves. I hate that. Yeah, I, I agree. For the Dodgers, I mean, the Dodgers have been a really good team for a handful of years now, but, like, the reliance or over-reliance or just assumption that Kershaw is going to just pitch them to the World Series, like, I mean, obviously he was that good, you know, some years ago, but, like, with their next wave now, you know, with the Will Smith and they have, you know, Beeler and they have, I think, 
what's um I can't remember the other kid's name. The rotation, uh, the pitcher. Um, I don't know the other pitcher's name. Big Red, right? <laughs> oh, Urias. Yeah, sorry. Um, but you know they have. I was the, muted the, that whole. I was muted for ten seconds saying Urias. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, like the Dodgers. I think as you rely, quote unquote, less on. Kershaw to just do everything, and you have a guy like Beal or Urias, and you know the younger kids now. I think Best maybe the Dodgers are, yeah, like the Dodgers would be more attractive than maybe you know as you, and instead of being like, oh well, they get to the playoffs and then Kershaw's going to stink, so it doesn't matter. Like I think that's maybe right, less applicable. Did you guys not mention the best player in the Dodgers, Jock Peterson, according to LA Yankee King? Oh my God, I don't even give that guy any attention. <laughs> yeah, but the I Dodgers. Didn't... Mention I mean, LA Yankee King, or I didn't mention Jock Peterson being on the Dodgers because the Yankees are going to trade John Carlos Stanton for Jock Peterson, so that's not going to matter. Exactly. exactly. I, and the Dodgers don't have Hunjin Ryu. Uh, again, I know that's only one starter, and they still they're still loaded. But I mean, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. they lost Rich Hill yeah. too. So guy had like a one point three ERA, like in what July August last year. Guy was pretty good, and then he fell off the face of the earth. But yeah, he was pretty good. Um, speaking of, he's like 35 to 1 odds to win the AL Cy Young. And I know that's a long shot, but with how good he was for such a long stretch for last year, I mean, that's, I don't hate that. You know, I, I guess they're, I guess Vegas just knows he's not going to have a good year, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's interesting. And out west, AL East, like. <laughs> I get it, but I mean, if, if, I think it's not, I mean, 35 to 1. I mean, that's crazy i thought but i think even like carlos carrasco at 35 to 1 is is generous right i mean I'm, he, I'm he's, 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 he's a great pitcher man. but like, he hasn't pitched guys who just are like there's gonna be that random guy who like oh look at this eight and one with a 1.23 ra like like that's gonna have i think there's gonna be a couple guys like that we for the most part i think the league leaders like you're gonna get your usual suspects right like you're gonna see the trouts and the Yeliches and the Arenados towards the top and the Coles and Verlanders and shit. You're going to see those guys towards the top of the league leaders. But I do think there's going to be some guys who you're like, wait, this dude was second in home runs. Like, wait, this dude, this dude was third inch. Like, there's just going to be some weird names. Like it, you might have like, a, you know, like a Rick Porcello winning the Cy Young situation, you know, just a guy who you never thought was Cy Young caliber, MVP caliber, just winning it because, Hey, it's, it's a friggin' sprint, not a marathon. Well, you want to see something wild? Shohei Otani's twenty-two to one to win the Cy Young, which I think is better than his MVP odds, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah. His MVP uh, odds is oh no, sorry, he's eighteen to one for MVP. Fun little nugget about the MVP. There's one pitcher on the, um, you know, the chart, the odds chart for American League MVP, and it's Gary Cole. So. Yeah, yes, Yankees. I, I, would, I, would not, I would not put money on that. I, I don't think in a shortened season, mm-hmm. um, the a pitcher, I mean, save for them throwing like six complete games, is going to get much attention at all for MVP. There's going to be someone who hits like 380 with like 12 home runs and 50 RBIs and 60. That's, I, I, just, I just don't see how a pitcher um, gets much attention for an MVP vote in a 60-game season. Yeah, 60 uh, games, yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying, that was a fun little thing for Yankee fans. One pitcher on the list, and it's Gary Cole. Um, how about this? This this is an interesting one. Um, when I screenshot it, I cut the name of it off, but the odds to lead the league in home runs, 
Um, Trout leads and he's nine to one odds. So it's really just you're getting like it's really good odds on or good value on anyone. Total if you pick. capture, yeah. Yeah, um, Alonzo's next ten to one. Gallo twelve to one. Judge is sixteen to one. Yelich ten to one. This is really interesting, man. Stanton eighteen to one. Yeah, there, there's. I mean, like, this is something I almost forgot to mention. Over under, the league leader in home runs will have over under nineteen and a half home runs. Over. Is that the over under on? Yeah, nineteen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say under. I don't know. I think someone's gonna on this someone's gonna hit twenty Fred, plus home um, runs in fifty, sixty games. You know, I, I, I think I think, I think MLB happen. realized. I mean, look what happened in the playoffs last year, right? When the home runs dried up. Oh, I you think, think they the realized? Ball, like, the ball, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're gonna go back to the unjuiced ball. Sure. Or or they're gonna go oh, with so the juice ball in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, if you look at that that league leader list. Um, who's going to hit the most home runs in Major League Baseball? Two names that really surprised me that are 25 and 28 to 1, respectively. Uh, Jorge Soler and Eugenio Suarez, who both I, I did. I know Soler led the American League in home runs. Did Suarez lead the NL? Eugenio Suarez hit 49 home runs last year. Yeah, was that was that top the NL or did um, I mean, Bellinger hit 50? I'll tell you in like 10 seconds. Oh, no, sorry, Alonzo at 53, duh. Yeah, I was about to say Alonzo for NL. Yeah, but Suarez had 49 home runs, right? I mean, yeah. and he's 28 to 1 odds. Like, <laughs> give me that guy. That's a great, mm, great line right there. Or even someone like like, yeah. like Chris Davis, um, Oakland Chris Davis, not Baltimore Chris Davis, at 40 <laughs> to 1. I mean. Baltimore Chris Davis is 5,000 to 1 odds, actually. So <laughs> or Fran Mil Reyes at 50 to 1. He had 37 or 38 last Last year between San Diego and Cleveland, like that guy can mash too. So like, there's a lot they, of good deep lines on here. Yeah. Twenty to one. I don't know about that, man. That's yeah, or Eloy Jimenez, fourteen to one. Under. Like, way yeah. too high. I think. I think if, especially with the shortened season, I think they're going juice ball. I think you know Rob can Manfred can continue to play. He can continue to play dumb about it for one more year, and then they can work on fixing it the year afterwards. I think with a shortened season, they're going to need some excitement and some, you know, whatever. They're going to need some home runs to keep the fans. From, from not leaving the stadium? Is that, is that, is that where you're going? No, I, I was going to kind of – I was yeah, going to decide where I was. <laughs> I was going to decide where I was. All those cardboard cutouts are going to get up and leave. Um, yeah, I think they're going juice ball still, and I think someone's going twenty. I think someone's going over twenty in sixty yeah, I, games. I agree. Dude. I agree. Um, I wanted to talk about those cutouts though, because um, those are interesting. A lot of teams are selling them. You know, you pay however much money, and you get your picture on the cutout. Um, I've heard stories of guys get or people having pictures of like their really drunk friends and like really bad situations, trying to buy a cutout of that and putting it like behind home plate. So, you know, it's. I think it's a good idea, especially if the money goes to like a good cause, charity, you know, COVID. Yeah, but if you think about it, what are they going to do? I mean, you realize how much, especially with the year we're having with, with the weather, um, you can't put, you can't leave those out in the rain. What do you, what are you, you're going to have guys collecting the entire stadium worth of cardboard cutouts every time it rains a little bit. I mean, that seems yeah, a little ridiculous. I, I mean, it depends on what they're made out of. I don't know. Yeah, I, like I mean, maybe it's like vinyl this... coated. I don't know. I mean, metal, obviously, right? So that when that way, when it thunders and lightning, you know, you just it's safe, right? I mean, <laughs> if, in the era of necessary personnel and all that stuff, I think if they're doing something like this, it's probably not something that's a terrible burden for any number of skeleton crew that they might have available to, like, you know, manage. Which it's go. 
you're not going to fill a stadium with 50,000 cardboard cutouts. I have to take them in when it's going to rain. So I think, yeah. I don't know. I support the idea just because it's like a different type of fan engagement, which I think just generally this whole situation, if we're going to play sports, the whole situation presents an opportunity for different types of fan engagement. as opposed Just no to, sex dolls. Yeah. As opposed yep. to being no like, well, you're going to come to the stadium and spend $15 on a hot dog anyway, so we got you by your wallet. Like, now they have different opportunities to like explore stuff, and this is one of them. Mm-hmm. It's true. All right, uh, we're gonna wrap up in a few minutes here, but just some more lines. Uh, the line for most wins by a team is set at forty and a half. Over or under on that? I'm gonna say I mean, over just because I think the Dodgers go like forty three and seventeen. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. We we already said the Dodgers have the have the easiest path, um, just because of of who they'd have to. Based on their schedule, I think the Dodgers can clear that easy. Yeah. Um, most regular season losses by any team is also set at 40 and a half. Um, over or under on that? Um, well, the Marlins are still in the league, so over. Yeah. Uh, I, I will agree. Over. I think we're going to have at least one great team and one terrible team. Yeah. I, I think actually two teams are, are going to go over that. Um, and, and neither of them are the Orioles. Uh, I, I would think the, the Pirates are the other team that are going to blow past 40 losses. Yeah. Um, was the casual, um, what's it called? What am I thinking of? You know, honorable mention for the Tigers since they were pretty miserable last year also. Well, that, that's true. Those I, two teams are going to face each other a couple times. I mean, times. they have Austin Romine. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, G. Starting catcher Austin Romine. Good grief. Behemoth. Mustache. Mustache Austin Romine. Oh. Um, it's way more than a mustache. Yeah. He had Grizzly Adams beard. <laughs> Don't they all? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, right. It's like the first thing everyone does. Um, guys, anything else before we uh, wrap up the show? Um, we're 20, I keep saying it. 20, we're literally right now, as I'm saying, it's at 6.57. Tomorrow at this time, we're going to be getting ready for first pitch, hopefully, with rain permitting. Man, I really hope that what is happening outside my house is not going to be in Washington tomorrow because it's like in a, a freaking apocalypse here. Yep, that's the summer. So, yeah. yeah it, it got pretty pitch black by me like two hours before sunset as well. So um, I'll be feeling its wrath in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, well. I'm just going to say my final thought is that Garrett Cole is going to come out throwing a hundo tomorrow and get a bunch of strikeouts. I actually hope not. Um I hope he just gets bombed, right? That's what Andrew was about to say. Like, I hope. No, he's no, but like, remember, remember, we we've seen when a player comes out overjuiced, uh, and and it's not. I mean, look, Luis Severino in the 2017 Wild Card game, right? His first like three pitches were 100 miles an hour, and then he just had no clue where the ball was going. Luis um, Severino got one out. Playoff. That was a very very different scenario. Well, just because it was a postseason game. Uh, oh, no, because a young, less experienced pitcher like. Cole is so methodical. I think yeah, I right, which is why I don't think he's going to come out. He's that. not going to light up ace, the dude. He came out in his first like whatever you want to call it side session or outing or whatever you want to call it back when they started to do activity at the stadium, and they're like, "Oh, he threw a bunch of pitches and he hit 99 today, like the very first time he threw." So I just think that he's and because we've talked you know, about his, you know, work ethic and about how he's so control and he knows about what he's doing at all times. Like he has such a process that, you know, and he was definitely working out and all sorts of stuff, whatever he's doing during the layoff. I think he's just so ready to go yeah. that he's going to just come out and absolutely shove tomorrow. 
Um, so if he doesn't get mad at me. Yep. Okay. That's good. <laughs> thing. Thank you, G, for saying that. Now we know what to get mad at. Um, <laughs> something that I want to say real quick. I forgot to mention this, but I, I mentioned this, I think, either one or two episodes ago. But to start the season, you know, some little gambling advice. I would take mostly unders to start the season just because I think the pitchers are more ready than the hitters right now. I think we're going to see a lot of low-scoring games. I think most of the pitchers have been staying on point, staying ready, but it seems like a lot of the hitters just aren't you know, up to speed. I mean, just look at Pete Alonzo. I mean, that guy looked tall. <laughs> I get it's just summer camp, scrimmage, spring training, whatever you want to call it, but I mean, we saw those pictures of him looking fat, and then him at the plate, he just looked all over the place, so I really do think, first base. I'm, I'm telling you, I really do think we're going to see like a lot of low-scoring games start the season, a lot of unders hitting, and it's usually the other way around, right? Most seasons, the offense is using the overs are usually hitting because the hitters are just on point more than the pitchers, and it takes the pitchers a month or two to get into mid-season form. But well, I, mean, be, I think this. Year's I don't know if that's true. Normally, um, the beginning of the season, the weather's a lot colder, and and that usually favors pitching. Yeah, I. I've that's in my opinion that's how I usually see it. Usually you get like more, you know. You usually get some crazy offensive scores in uh, April more so than any other month. I've just you know because guys just aren't ready, you know. Especially field fielding's another part where guys just aren't as crisp fielding for the most part in April as they are yeah, in July. But yeah, I think I'm gonna probably be taking a lot of unders to start the year. Um, shit, Cole Scherzer tomorrow. I'm not sure what they set the over under for that one, but I assume are the under. Are they doing anything for the World Series? Like, I, I would think so. For the odds, I was going to end the show with that. That was going to be our last thing. Um, but no, since the show is ending, yeah, it's literally, I mean, like we've said, it's the Yankees and Dodgers and everyone else. Like, the Yankees and Dodgers are both plus 375 to win the World Series, right? Both exactly, exactly there. And then the next closest is the Braves and the Astros, who are both at 12-1. to uh, Twins 15-1, Rays 16-1, Reds 18-1. So, yeah, uh, it's literally every prediction, everyone at Vegas, everyone's saying that it's, it's going to be Yankees-Dodgers, most likely. There's a very good chance it's going to be Yankees and Dodgers, and that would be a phenomenal matchup. It sucks that, you know, with a matchup like that, we they're, who knows what the hell the world looks like in October, but matchup like that you'd want like both cities popping and that might not be the case but regardless that's good that would be a phenomenal matchup if it happens like everyone's saying it will so you know i don't think we should pick between that because obviously we're a yankees podcast we're, we're all biased but i mean man the the, Do- the dodgers are phenomenal obviously just before we started the show mookie bet signed his extension with the dodgers um get bent red sox um 12 years 365 million so he's he's gonna be comfortably yeah, financially he's going back stable. to the Red Sox after the contract is over. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, he's gonna be like thirty nine years old. He's gonna go back to the Red Sox for sure, dude. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> um, yeah, that was it. It really was funny how some Red Sox fans really thought like that he was gonna come back there. It's like, yeah, you guys literally treated him terribly, and now he's just gonna come back. That's how it works for sure. But yeah, if I, if I were to pick a dark horse for the World Series champion. Like I said, I like the Rays. Like, I just like them as a team. They're 16-1. to 1. That's I'd say that's pretty good value. Yeah, I was um, going to say, if you like them 8-1 to 1 to win the AL, you like them 16-1 to, I mean, to win the World Series. The Nationals are uh, one even to win, to repeat. I get they're not as strong <clears throat> last year, but that's not terrible value. Um, honestly, 
definitely a long complimentary shot. of the pretty complimentary of the reds earlier sitting right there just below the rays at 18 to one is you mm -hmm. know with, with the pitching and the bats that's kind of intriguing yeah yeah that's it's pretty good value i that's still think the best value here is probably the rays at 61 odds or i mean look that's the thing the dodgers and yankees they're both so good but they just like cancel each other out you know it's like if you think either one of these teams is a lock you should put money on them but it's like how could you think either one's a lock because of the other right mm -hmm. they're both just so good and you know that most likely they're gonna have to face each other if they want to get, win the world series so yeah i think the closest comparison is when you had um the warriors and the cavaliers facing each other four years in a row right like and, and you knew the warriors were a lock all four times spoiler alert they lost one of them but i mean if you put money down on them four times in a row you may not like a bandit yeah but yeah. you don't have that that type of um like heavy dominance in, in this because the dodgers are just as good um mm -hmm. even without price um who, who opted out i mean they, they're they're Definitely as good, if not a little better than the Yankees. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, guys, we got a baseball season, right? It starts tomorrow. We're going to be potting a lot. We're going to be getting more into betting. We're going to be releasing a lot of videos, just content all around. It's going to be a fun season. It's going to be, I mean, we're going to say it a thousand times, and so is everyone else. It's going to be so such a unique and different season. No fans, uh, pumped-in crowd noise, cutouts. So it's, it's going to be really really interesting to watch i'm really excited for it though and allow me a minute to shamelessly plug since we've been working on it for a couple weeks now go to the website find the petition and share it for the yankees to use rookie the bat dog at yankee stadium this year because he's adorable yep yep absolutely rookies good doggo 10 out of 10 great dog um he deserves 10 out of 10, out of 10 would pet good doge um yeah, he that would be awesome to see rookie in Yankee Stadium, even if it was just for like a few games, you know, just to have like for like a game or a series. That'd be awesome, you know, because I, I mean, it sucks what happens to the minor leagues this season, right? Just such a shame for so many of those, like so many of those guys, baseball journeys are just ending, right? Just such a shame. But yeah, I mean, that would be awesome to see rookie in the Bronx. And yeah, go on our page. We have the petition. I think we've gotten over a thousand signatures. So over a yeah, thousand. let's keep it going. Yep, let's keep it going. Um, but guys, any final thoughts? 24 hours. Yep, 24 hours. We're away. First pitch. Cole Scherzer, Yankees Nats. Let's go, man. Um, for Luigi, for Andrew, for G. This was the Bronx Bomb Battle Podcast season preview.